real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I have a message here if I want to read out for somebody. Would you be concerned if your partner was drinking more than usual at the moment? Uh, Hi, Niall. I heard you talking about closing the off-license today in your show, and it really struck a chord with me. Here is my situation that you might want to discuss in your show, but please don't mention my name, as I don't want anyone to recognise me. My husband and I have been laid off due to the coronavirus. We have one child who is four years of age. We try to do things during the day with our son, like going out on family walks, cleaning, entertaining him as much as we possibly can, and I'm sure... Many people are in the same situation. However, my problem is that once it gets dark outside, my husband opens up a can of cider. He used to have a drink on a Friday or a Saturday night, and I would have a couple of glasses of wine with him. Now, because he has no work, he is drinking at least four times a week, and it starts to concern me. Sometimes there could only be, uh, or sometimes uh, there could be only one night when he doesn't actually have a drink. He doesn't get pissed out of his head every night, but some nights he is a little bit silly drunk. I've raised it with him, and he says that I'm overreacting, and there is nothing wrong with him having a few drinks when he doesn't have anything on the next day. I'm trying to stick to our routine of maybe having a drink at the weekends, uh, but uh, he doesn't see it that way, but I do. I'm very concerned that he is drinking too much out of boredom. My question is, am I overreacting? Or is everybody really in the same boat as us? I would love to hear people's opinions on this. Do you think this person is overreacting to the situation? Or is she right to be concerned that suddenly her husband has gone from drinking at weekends to almost every single night? Now, obviously, her husband, she says, is drinking at least four times a week now. But he's out of work. And I suppose he doesn't have a job to go to the next morning. Would it concern you? And I suppose what she's trying to say is we've probably learned more about our partners now than we've ever learned before because we see them more. And you might start hating them. You might start loving them more. I don't know. It depends on the person. You know, I mean, if you're not used to seeing them so much, what are we learning about each other? Would this concern you if suddenly your partner had taken up a habit that you didn't like, uh, you know, particularly it was drinking or something like that? You know, is that a concern or is this woman overreacting? Do you think it's an overreaction? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Is she overreacting to the situation? Neve, you're on Classic Kids. How are you, Neve? Hi, Niall. How are you? Jay's nice to talk to you at night time. I know. I'm, I'm like this fan. I'm allowed to stay up late now. Yeah. <laughs> you're allowed to stay up late. <laughs> Don't have to get up in the morning. I'm self-isolating in the studio, by the way. I'm just... <laughs> I think I am. I'm here so much. I feel like I'm. I feel like I've been self isolating here for nine years. To be honest with you, at this stage, do you know something? I've never actually talked about this before, but there's. It's very difficult to explain what it's like to be in a room with nobody else for practically all your day and all your life. It's, yeah, it's it's it's. it's well, I, I I'm at home. I'll stay with like with the kids. So ten you know, foot by ten foot. And I feel like I'm in a zoo because I see people through glass windows. I see Helena and Ashling, but they can't hear me. Well, they can hear me now because I'm on the radio, obviously, and they're listening. But if I turn down the microphone, they can't hear me. I can call them names. Don't do that. You'll frighten them. (laughs) They need to keep an eye on you. They frighten me all the time. Okay, but Neve, is this an overreaction? Because obviously he's drinking more now. To be fair to this woman, I don't think anyone should call her concerns an overreaction, even herself. Yeah. If you're concerned enough to be concerned... It's not an overreaction. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think 
personally, I think it, it would come to, for me personally, it would come down to why he's doing it. So is there an underlying thing going on with him? Is he worried? Is he stressed? Is he depressed? Has the loss of his job impacted him? Sounds like I he's think, bored, if you ask me. Well, that's a, yeah, but you see, that can sort of, boredom can, it can look like boredom, and boredom can become depression really quickly. And the only thing that would worry me would be, you know, because he's getting drunk, are they not really having an opportunity to sit down and talk about, like, I'm sure she has worries too, they've both been laid off. So, you know, for him to sort of brush it off and say, oh no, you know, leave me be, I'm grand, I don't have to get up in the morning. But somebody has to get up with that four-year-old. And if it's all been left to her because he's hung over, well, then she's going to get pissed off really quickly. So I think if she could ask him to have one night when he just just say, look, could could we just not drink tonight? Don't say I'm worried about your drinking because then he'll go on the defensive immediately. Just say, "Let's let's just not have a drink tonight and let's sit and chat. Yeah. And maybe she could tweak out, is he... Because I think men are dealing with this totally, and I'm not being sexist, but I really believe they're dealing with this differently to women. I think men are struggling a little bit. I know in my house there's a struggle going on because he's used to working, he's used to providing, he's used to getting up at a certain time every day and going to bed at a certain time every night because he has to get up for work. And then suddenly that's gone and he's he's going around like Frankie's shite, to be honest, and right. just like a, a lost soul. Because his purpose has been taken. And, you know, there's only so much stuff you can do in the house, only so much you can help with. Yeah. Now, he doesn't drink, so that's one thing I suppose I count my blessings for, so I don't have that issue. He doesn't drink anymore, he used to, but he doesn't anymore. So but we're all kind of going around like lost souls at the moment, mm-hmm. aren't we? And I, I yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually, taken. but I'm actually really, really worried about the coronavirus, right? Um, mm. To a point of anxiety. And not about the death or the illness, which, by the way, I have to say my condolences to the people who died, particularly we had quite a, lot, a number of deths th- this oh, evening oh. or today in the last 24 hours, yeah, right? Yeah, today was terrible. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, we have to look at the bigger picture and I, I'm not going to be trying to be a denier or anything like that. I do believe, of course, it's extremely dangerous virus and we all have to be very conscious of it, particularly our elderly people and those in a more vulnerable situation. But we're not at a point yet where I'm worried about the virus, per se, because... You know, when we look at the amount of people that die on a daily basis, naturally, you know, go back to 2017, 2018, 2019, it's a sad fact of life that people die. And generally Mm. people who die are people who are more vulnerable or people who have underlying illnesses. And when we get to a point where I believe that it's more dangerous when I get more concerned about that. And and I do believe the strategy the government are running is the right strategy to try Mm. and obviously keep the pressure off the hospitals for the time being. I don't know what their exit plan is, if you know what I mean, Mm. uh, because we need an exit plan because at some point we're going to have to put pressure on the hospitals, I I believe, unless we have a vaccine very quickly, which is not probably going to happen. Um, But my biggest concern is about people's mental health uh, currently through this and people's anxiety and the not knowing what's in the future and not knowing what the future holds for us. That's my biggest worry for everybody because I think that could cause more problems to us than the amount of people that are dying from the actual virus. I do believe that can be very Absolutely. problematic. I, I found myself, I am constantly weepy. I, the slightest thing is setting me off. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. I'm not, that isn't me. I'm not like that. But at the moment, it's just, I can't 
escape this. It's everywhere. Every, even when you try and watch something that isn't COVID related. I know. But, 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 but Neve, we're the same. Myself and Ashling sit in the office every day in Helena and we say, right, what are we going to talk about today? And, I, and every day, we have the same conversation. I say to Helena, yeah. let's try and do something that's nothing to do with the coronavirus, right? And then, and Helena would throw its head up and I go, mm, yeah, that, no, but yeah, I suppose we could always say that during the coronavirus this happened. And we always end up coming back to it because it's the mm. only thing people want to talk about. We're like sponges for this information. And I find myself doing it myself. I go home and I watch 6-1 News. I'll go home tonight after work and I watch Sky News and it's 24-hour mm. coronavirus. I watched... I almost felt like cooking the popcorn last night. I watched Donald Trump for an hour and 45 minutes last night at his press conference. I thought it was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I love the way he deals with the reporters. But I, <laughs> and I, I actually enjoyed it. It's like popcorn television. But it's just wall-to-wall coronavirus. And I don't believe as human beings, I don't believe we're able to take that much. No, just, we're not. You know what I mean? I think we're, we're, we're getting to the point where it's like a glass. And we're, we keep filling this glass. And it's going to overflow. And there's only so much that we can take. And I totally agree with you. The government are doing whatever you voted in the in the election. You have to admit they're doing a good job. I'm not. And, no, I'm not. And, and, you know, it's something that they as human beings have never faced before or as leaders, as delegators. Yeah. So, you know, and they're getting it wrong sometimes. They're getting it right sometimes. They're taking advice from the WHO. They're taking advice from other countries. And what are other countries doing in the strategy? Has it worked? We don't know whether this strategy will work. I'm now a bit concerned because we started this strategy a week and a half ago. We were supposed to start seeing the results of it now. And today we get the biggest no, number of deaths. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that concerns me. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the flattening the curve will happen. But again, my, my problem is, is that there's no exit plan. There isn't. No. Because when, if somebody said we, we'll have a vaccine in four weeks, you know, that'd be great. There's an exit plan because we can exit to the vaccine. But we don't have an exit plan. We don't have a plan to say, well, at some point we have to remove restrictions. And when we remove restrictions, more people are going to get it. And when more people get it, it's going to put a bit of pressure on hospitals and what have you. And, you know, some people are going to die. Sadly, people are going to die. And that's a fact of life that we have to, we can't escape, right? Mm. And when are we going to do that? And how are we going to do that? And if we're not going to do that, are we going to wait for the vaccine? And if so, does that mean the country's going to be closed down and the world is going to be closed down for the next year and a half? But the problem is that, you see, this is, this is where I have a problem. It's in my own fault. I sat and watched Claire Byrne last night. And when she wasn't talking about the coronavirus, she decided to really finish us all off by bringing on an economist. So, God, Jesus. No. You know, just, just when I'd had enough of knowing that probably, you know, hundreds of people are going to die, they say, well, you're probably going to have about five cents left out of your wages for the next year and a half. Don't worry, it'll be grand. Like, oh, you know, and in a way, I can completely understand if this man is drinking to blot out stuff because... My worry would be if I started drinking, I wouldn't stop because it, it would blot it out. It would take you away to that place where, you know, everything's sunshine and roses and, you know, but the problem is it's there the next morning. And if he is worried about something or he is concerned about something, both of them, they have a child and both of them have been laid off. The stress of that alone must be on his shoulders. And mm. I can understand why he'd be taken to the to the bottle. And, and, and I know there are a lot of people out there, you know, have serious financial stresses at the moment. Yeah. And mind you, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't help that statement we just got from the Revenue Commissioner, by the way. That didn't What's help. They, oh, don't, please. What is it? I didn't hear it. Oh, right, okay. Is your, your partner, is he still working? No. 
Okay. He finished last week. Okay, so is he on the subsidy? No. Oh, oh sorry. He's he's on the three fifty just from the government. Oh, he's, okay. He's oh, no, no. Then, then he's fine. Well, then he's fine. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay. And anybody who's on the seventy percent COVID payment subsidy, <gasps> from, they're not taxing it. They're going to tax it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pay tax at the end of the year. Your employer won't be taking tax from it. And I thought this was the whole idea of this. It was to, to net it up rather than giving oh, you a gross amount. So geez. what they're saying is is that you will be liable for the tax at the end of the year. So now uh, everyone's going to be afraid of spending a penny. Yeah, be, well, essentially, uh, economists, I did see one guy on Facebook earlier on. What was his name again, Helene, the chap on Facebook earlier on that put the video up? can't remember his name. Oh, Owen McGee. Owen McGee, yeah. A very interesting man. I mean, when we saw it first, I kind of didn't believe it. And Owen, I'm sorry for doubting you, but we sent a letter with the revenue and got a statement back. And he said, basically, everybody needs to put by 25, 30 quid a week out of their money that they're getting. They're getting... Yeah, and I, I find that just outrageous. And do you know what, what bugged me as well? There is, you know, and I know I shouldn't be bitching because we are lucky to be getting anything. But mm-hmm. if you have a family, there is no provision for your family. Yeah. You're, you literally get that money and it doesn't matter if you've got one child or you've got ten. They don't take them into account until it comes to the job seekers way down the line. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand it was an emergency payment and I hope your husband gets his job back. Will he be, do you think he'll get his job back? Well, the only thing that a gave partner, us... sorry. The only thing that gave us comfort now was when they said, when that economist said last night that if you're in manufacturing, you're pretty much quids in and that's, he's in manufacturing. Yeah. He, um, he's an engineer, so that's what he does. And they are very always bloody busy. If if your man could keep the company open, he would have. Yeah, I, mean, um, I was talking to somebody earlier on about say the movie industry and and the cinemas. Oh, they're, screwed. they're screwed because not not only not only have they no customers at the moment, and when we do lift restrictions, they may have to do some social isolating in the studio or in the cinemas, uh, which will reduce their revenue. There's no films being made at the moment. All the productions. Yeah, well, they have were all in trouble stopped. anyway. They were in trouble anyway since we all discovered streaming. Yeah, well, the, the production so, has stopped. Know. So this time next year, there'll be no new movies, no big blockbusters, because none of them are being yep. made at the moment. No, and I mean, TV is the same. Yeah, well, um, the suggestion is there's a, there's a couple of movies coming out, like there's a new Bond movie, there's three new Marvel movies, all due Top out Gun, around this time. Top, Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. Right in December. Well, they're saying if this goes on for a long time, most likely what will happen is Netflix or Sky or both possibly will have a pay-per-view situation where you mm. can actually pay to see them. Hmm. You see, this, be is the same, worries, it? this is what worries me. Are we going to get to the point where we come out of this and we become terrified of life? Mm. In that, like, oh, I'm not going to the cinema because I have to sit the Well, I can tell you, when I said this the other night, I said this the other night that when we come out of all this, you know, I mean, look, we've been complacent with the flu for the last century, right? People get the flu all the time. We shake each other's hands and we still hug each other, right? And the mm. flu, by the way, you know, has a 0.2% mortality rate and it kills in this country between 600 and 1,000 people every year. Um, in the United States, I think somewhere around 30, 30 to 60,000 people a year. So we're complacent about that and we're grand. We get on with life. We just take those risks because we're human beings and we are susceptible to viruses but when all this stops and all this is over and I'm not talking about now before anyone thinks that I'm being glib about the whole thing this time next year when all this is finished if some fecker comes along and doesn't shake my hand I'll never speak to them again if somebody comes to me I'm sorry I'm still keeping my social distance for the rest of my life I'll say you're an arsehole you know what I mean because I, mean, yeah, I, I don't I, want us all to turn into yeah. Howard Hughes's you know what I'm I don't saying it's going to come to that but I think this has become like Pavlov's dog slightly it's like every time an ad break comes on you're almost tempted to go and wash your hands because you're told to <laughs> I know. Do you know what well, I mean? no, and, and by the way, I don't like, disagree with that. I mean, and maybe no, that's a good, good thing. Maybe that's a good thing going forward that we all but wash our hands gonna, a bit more. But is that going to get into our heads? And are we mm. going to say, I'm not going to a cinema because if I go in the first week that movie is released, it's going to be too full in that cinema. Yeah. God knows who what they have because it's been drummed into our heads. 
And I want us to go back to hugging and kissing on the street and being friendly because there is a horrible, bloody atmosphere out there, there right now. There's a real judgmental atmosphere. I opened the, I was coming out of um, the garage today. I just popped in to get a pack of cigarettes. And as I was coming out, there was a woman walking in and she had her mask on. I didn't have, mm. a, I didn't have a mask on me. And I, I opened the door. But as she walked in, I kind of held the door open for her. And she walked straight past me and completely blanked me and was kind of avoiding getting close. Now, I was nowhere near her, but she was avoiding getting close to me and ignored me. And I said, I mean, why are we, why are we all turning into horrible people? It did, sure, it, it, it did, there's out. no rule for COVID says you can't say thanks. I went out for a walk with my little lad, he's 10. And I got shouted at. He got shouted at. I wouldn't mind if they shouted at fucking me. Shout at me all you want. Leave my 10-year-old alone. And what did they say to him? Uh, that um, how dare I have um, my disease-ridden little child out. Oh, my God. Now, he was walking beside me. Um, it was in a forest that is, I can see from my house. It's much less than two kilometres away. And to be perfectly honest with you, only I held my tongue. I'm not going to show myself up in front of, front of him. They like, called him a disease-ridden little child. Yeah. This one, do you know what? She was about 85. And I felt like saying, will you get your feckin' old carcass home then? Yeah. But I have if, to you're that, if you're that concerned, you shouldn't, be, not, you shouldn't have been out in the first place, Mrs. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah you know. I know, understand. And now he won't go out. I'm not going out again in case I can shout that. Oh, stop. Okay, well, let's, let, me, let me get back to the topic if I can. Stay there, please, Neve, for a second. That's horrible. Dermot, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dermot? No, good evening. No, can I just say, I, I, it's the weirdest thing to be sitting here for 15 minutes listening to the two of you. It's a, I feel like I, I'm out for a walk and I'm listening to a husband and wife in the house. <laughs> and, I'm, and I look at the window and I'm fucking earwigging the two sitting down at the, at the table having a chat about the day. Yeah. Well, Jim, Dermot, you can be like Uncle Dermot who's come in to have a chat with us. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hang on, I'm just going to knock at the door there now. Can yeah, you okay. Let me in there now? Okay. I know I'm okay. Okay. okay, knock at the door there. Go on, go on. Right, here we go, here we go. Now I'll no. put the kettle on. Leave, go on up with the door for Uncle Dermot. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm putting the kettle on. He's uh, the tea, that fella. Uh, well, are you my brother or her brother? I'm, I'm I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's I don't a weird know. uncle that we don't really know. <laughs> he's a weird <laughs> uncle that only calls drunk at four o'clock in the morning. I had it when I was a kid. I had an <laughs> uncle Michael, right? And we'd only ever see him at Christmas or his birthday. Yeah. And usually he'd ring me mother at three o'clock in the morning, pissed out yeah. of his head. And my dad would go, it's Michael, don't answer the phone to him. Don't answer the phone to him. He'd be over. And as soon as she'd answer the phone, I'm on my way over, Lily. And he'd come over, <laughs> pissed out of his head at three o'clock in the morning. Sorry, Dermot. Anyway, get back. Dermot, get back to this story, okay? So the husband's taken to, you know, drinking a bit more because he's off work, obviously. Yeah. Is that concerning? Yeah. It is. It's a symptom. Look, this is, this, this, you have to take everything into into uh, into the bigger picture. We've never, as human beings, been in this situation in the modern world. We 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 hark back to the nineteen eighteen, the last time we had a pandemic. The Spanish flu, yeah, yeah. It was a hundred and two years ago. There was no TV. There was no. There was World War. There was everything. We were a diff- totally different generation of people then. This is in modern times. It is the greatest plague, the greatest um, catastrophe that has hit human beings. So everything, every single thing that we're learning every day is new. Human beings have never, ever, in, in certainly, in, as we say in, this, in 100 years, have ever been forced to be locked down in their own homes, give up their work, uh, to lose total control of how they live their lives. And yes, this is just, is it a problem? It is a problem. 
for this particular lady and probably down the line for God knows how many people. People that are susceptible to stress, to taking a drink because of stress, for an awful lot of... And your, your lady, Sorry, Jeremy, uh, how many sugars do you take in your tea? Oh, uh, what's, the, what's the lady's name? Neve. Neve, uh, uh, one and a half sugar there, love. Uh, make sure. And uh, any biscuits? <laughs> Get okay, out, biscuits. Neve. Get the good china. Yes. Get the good china out. It's Uncle Darren. Yes, Neve. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, best, the best of china, Neve. The best of china. I no, why am I making the tea? <laughs> I don't. Anyway, no, no. I'll go on. You're the woman. You're the Actually, woman. Nina just said to me here the same thing. Why is Neve making the tea? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't trust you two to make it. Because we're both because we're both misogynists. All right, we're both we're both chauvinist pigs. The parents. Yeah, no, I I know, and I do understand what you're saying, Dermot. That you know, this is something we have experienced in our generation. I often wondered, by the way, when I thought of elderly people, uh, you know, what it was like to be around during the war, particularly when the Germans bombed North Strand by accident or whatever happened at that particular time. Yeah, and what it was like for the glimmer man to come around and put out the lights in the morning and put on the lights at night. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard the glimmer man. He used to light. He used to have this big long candle thing because the, the, all the streetlights were gas. That's and, correct. Yeah, and the glimmer man would come out and light them up at night, and he'd put them out in the mornings. And I often wondered what what that life was like. But now we're kind of getting a bit of an insight. But I've spoken to people uh, on the air, one or, one or two people who were around during the war, and they said this is worse because they said at least they could leave their homes. Absolutely. And to be fair, Niall, you have to understand, they lived, you know, with all due respect, they lived a much more simpler life. They had yeah. less, they had less, um, uh, what's the, I, I'm yeah, they weren't worried about cancelling their holiday to Spain. They yeah. weren't worried about cancelling holidays and they weren't worried about kids and mobile phones. They weren't worried about kids getting stressed. They weren't worried about, like, uh, they just they, they lived a simpler life, and they had less information. They didn't know really what was going on, apart from when six o'clock when the newspaper came out. Newspaper a day, yeah. They didn't have Sky News telling them what Hitler was doing every day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the point is, we went from everybody out, everybody full blast ahead, and planes in the sky, and we're going on holidays, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, we're doing. No, that's that's the way human beings are. And like, I, I have a, a theory, I'm sure, on this virus that it is going to change, and it should change, the way we behave and the way we live our life and the way we see things. I don't think it, pro- it necessarily will, but it will for a while, but you're talking about an exit strategy. No human being in the world understands what's going on here, and no human being can give you an, a, a, an exit strategy. Nobody knows what the strategy is But when this thing passes. It's true, Ed, uh, Anthony Fauci in the States said, and he's right, until there is a vaccine, no um, country can just open their borders and start again. We have to have a vaccine. So then, I, so then, then what you're saying to yourself, uh, to us, and this sounds horrible for people listening at home, that fact. You, you may as well resign yourself to the fact that you won't be leaving this country uh, for the next year and a half. Because I, because I spoke to an immunologist yeah. the other day, um, yeah. Helena would remind me, he was an Irish guy who, from Bray who's now living in Boston. Um, what was his name again? David Dowling, uh, was a top immunologist, yep. and um, he said that the vaccine will not be available for the general public, most likely for another year and a half to two years. That is an absolute fact. And also remember this. Uh, you, you have to, you, there's no point in, um, my father, learn about to my father, he used to say, he, used, he had a great saying many years ago, that, uh, the, the, and it's, it's a bit strange, but it is a fact, that when, when the, the laborers were filling the, um, the gravel onto the back of the lorry, it's, what they did was they all tipped it into one area. Now, this is the, think about this. And they could see the gravel building up in the back of the trailer. 
uh, that sort of so it sort of made sense to them that they were making progress. If you understand, but the point is this idea that the government is saying, well, we're in lockdown until the twelfth of April, and on the eleventh of April they're going to say we're in lockdown until the twelfth of May. And well, the 12th, well, they have, well, he's already more or less said that today. Yeah, so no government is going to say, by the way, Neve, you are now and your husband are in lockdown until next December. Because people no, because you wouldn't get COVID. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but hang on. But if they keep every two weeks, if they keep saying, well, we're extending those other two weeks, Pete, that's, I think that's going to be worse because people are eventually going to get pissed off of that. No, 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 no. Not necessarily, no. Think about this. Because people will live for two weeks. They see the mm-hmm. dates two weeks ahead. And they're living it, and they're going. I know there's a psychology involved. I understand the psychology. Yeah, but, but what happens, I think what people need help. What, what happens? Oh, well, 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 hang on. Sorry, sorry. But, let, let Neve just take a break from the, the tea for a second. Sorry, Neve. What did you say? <laughs> I think I think Dermot's right. I mean, by giving us these two week bite-sized pieces, yeah. we can just about swallow them. But yeah. if we if they gave us a year, people would go mental. There would be absolutely, they go mental. you know, and they stop they stop bothering. If you ever actually come out tomorrow and says. Listen, guys, you are now officially in lockdown to next February. Can you fucking imagine what the the, uh, the people would think? Now, the chances are people are, are, are sort of getting to the back of the mind that they may very well be in lockdown until the end of this year, but they're sort of living on hope and they get it two weeks. They're getting it. But I, I don't know if. The, I don't, uh, Jeremy, I understand what you're saying, and I don't know if that's possible because realistically, firstly, I don't, we couldn't afford it. Um, because you know, for twelve weeks, for twelve we, weeks, we're looking we, at thirty we, billion. We, we couldn't afford it. Who's we? Well, the Irish. Well, what about the English and the French and the Spanish and the Italians? Well, then let them all worry about their own countries as well. I mean, well, we're, 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 we're literally well. Well, what we, we literally have to do then is throw the rules out the window and start printing money. Yes, and hang on. We were talking about this last week. Mm. The European Bank has said exactly that: do whatever you have to do. We will back you up. No matter the money, there'll be no end to the Twelve money. weeks, they reckon thirty billion is what it will yeah. cost. It'll cost Ireland. Yeah, twelve in for, in twelve weeks, thirty but billion. That's just Ireland, is, yes. But, but the economic the British are, the, the British are quids in for about four hundred billion. Well, yeah, but, but the economics of it is every we've had we've had this argument before, and David McWilliams says, it, and he's right. It, if it was one country that was was ruined, and 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 all the factories were closing down, the whole lot, and this country was on its own. And, it, 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 and there was nobody to help this country. Ireland, for instance, uh, we had to borrow, and we had to do this, and we were getting penalised uh, with interest and all that. Then it would, it would be tragic for Ireland. But every country in the world is the same. The economy has gone into hibernation, it's gone into a coma, and as soon as this is over, the whole thing will lift, and every country... Well, I'm glad you're so confident, be- because I also heard another I economist uh, 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 talking about this recently, and he, he reckoned a month... Okay, exactly what you said. It's not similar to an ordinary recession. That the, once the economy starts again, we can give it a kickstart with a stimulus, uh, financial stimulus, and we should be able to kickstart it fairly well, right? And ninety yeah. percent of it should be okay. But I did hear another economist saying that the longer we go past that month, say for every week or every month we go past that, five percent less of those businesses will reopen again. You're, and you are bang on the button. But the bottom line is. We have two choices. We don't. Ha- this is not multiple fucking um, choice. This is two choices. You either beat this virus or you don't. If you don't beat this virus, yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta look. But hang on, you gotta look at. There's two things to look at here, you know. And that's. And sorry, Neva, if you want to speak at any time, please do. I'm not trying to silence you. <laughs> you gotta look at this from both sides. Okay, yeah. people are dying, and you know, people dying, by the way, is a fact of life, right? We die from. I know, all, I know it's coming. Yep. 
Thirty yeah. percent of people in the world die of cancer. Um, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, and last year in this country, in the first quarter of this country, uh, last year, um, eight and a half thousand people died in the first quarter of the year. So, for a multitude of different reasons, be it pneumonia, cancer, uh, all different reasons, they died. Right, car accidents, all sorts of carry okay. on. Right, and, 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 pe- and people die. But and, but if we continue to do what we're doing, the hardship, the poverty, the anxiety, the mental health problems. Sadly, some people may okay. take their lives. That, in yes, turn, yeah. can hold cause on, more on, lives. Niall, and, Niall, and I, I totally understand, and everybody has had this argument, that uh, something, like, something like six or seven or 800,000, maybe a million people a year around the world die from the flu every single winter. And yet the, fly, the planes fly and we all go to work. Well, I, well I'm, no, I'm not going to so do that. Why, I'm not, I'm not going to compare it to the flu. I'm not, no, I'm not comparing it to the flu. And I won't compare it to the flu until uh, we get about four or five months down the road and we can see the actual mortality rate. And right. then, and then we can. But even if you did compare it to the flu, and let's say for argument's sake, the mortality rate was pretty similar, right? It's right. still another virus we have to contend with, and it's twice as many people dying every year because people will die of the flu and they will die of this as well. So, it, so it is a very concerning thing for everybody and for human beings that we have so another why, virus to contend so with. It begs the question: Why is if the flu can kill probably the same, possibly more, ha- over half a million people every year? Yeah, so why is the world in lockdown? What is it about this virus that has crippled the world? If the flu, which is, as you say, a virulent uh, virus, but in, invariably it kills the, the, it kills the well, old. The only, the, the only thing that concerns me, and my biggest concern, and I hope I'm wrong in some sense, but then again, I hope I'm right, which is a kind of weird thing to say, is I hope in two years' time we don't look back at this and say we overreacted as a as a planet. We overreacted because, and by the way, we can never overreact to saving lives within reason. But we got to put logic uh, aside from emotion as well, because sadly, people in the world do die all the time, right? And you know, if we look back at this and say, well, actually, in that whole year from the coronavirus, three hundred thousand people died, and that would be really sad to see three hundred thousand people die, but. On an average year, a half a million people die of the flu anyway. So it was just another flu, so to speak. I would hate to think that's what happens. But in saying that, that makes me sound really bad because I'm thinking, you're thinking, well, maybe Niall wants more people to die to prove his point. No, I don't. I want less people to die, the the least amount of people as possible to die. But what I'm saying is I don't want us all to look back as the Americans did when Obama overreacted to the swine flu in 2013 and locked down much of a, a lot of America, not all of it, not the way we are now, but they caused a huge, a huge economic problem and hardly anybody died. And it was a, there was a huge overreaction to the swine flu in 2013. Uh, the swine flu has been around since the 1970s. It just made a bit of a resurgence in 2013. If you remember, we all went a little bit haywire over Correct. It. Yeah. So well, you know, and it wasn't, it turned out to be a bit of a, and not, people did die, but not to the extent of they, what they so, predicted. So, so, so in answer to that argument, then, the question is, is this a, a health, um, a major health pandemic which it looks like it is, or is there some conspiracy? No, in- no, 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 there's no conspiracies. It is, it is a pandemic. The flu is a pandemic. So it is a pandemic. But, but, but I hope, in one hand, it's what they're saying it is, but I don't in another hand. That sounds really confusing. The conspiracy, and I, I, the conspir- the conspiracy theorists are going to... Uh, uh, they're all nuts. They're, the conspiracy theorists are all nuts. No, 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 no. They're more than nuts. Who is going... If, if, if you want to be cold about this, who is going to gain... From this, when the world wakes up in six months or a year's time, who's going to gain and who's going to lose? There are there are people and there are individuals and there are states and there are governments who are going to absolutely fucking clean up when this is over. Yeah, but I, I wonder, 
would we be in the situation we're in now with lockdowns all over the world if we didn't have social media? Well, sure, that's that's an impossible question to answer because we because I, I believe social we media wouldn't plays know as much about it. We wouldn't know as well, much we about it. Know. We well, certainly wouldn't know. And, and I do believe that social media puts an awful lot of pressure on governments, Neve. And puts an, well, it does. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, did, did, without using a pun, they take the temperature of the nation. Yes, of course. By social media, they did it during yeah. the election. We all know. Yeah. But personally, the way I look at this um, coronavirus is that comparing it to the to the flu would be that if I stood beside somebody with the flu and you stood beside somebody with the flu, you might catch it, I mightn't catch it. Yeah. Because I might have a better immune system than you. But there is pretty much of a guarantee that if we both stood beside somebody with COVID-19 and they, and they see both on both of us, yeah. we're both going to get it. It's, How we well, both take, yeah, it, do, it does seem to be more contagious when it says things. Yeah, yeah and you take, you take me, by, while you guys were having your, your two mic around the kitchen table, I was listening... <laughs> Me said that she, you know that I, I I was listening to her and said yeah she's she's a lovely lady she said she was saying that she said that you know that she's finally that she's nearly crying now uh, it takes the simplest thing to start her crying off she started weeping and I, what I'd like to ask Neve is 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 that what's driving our fear is it the fear of the future is it the fear that she might get it is it looking at the which we do you look at the ER you you see the symptoms and the effect it has on people they fucking choke to death. Literally because the car No, no, no. Derm, do you know what it is? And and this is going to sound ridiculous. I can't tell you what it is. It's not a. It's not fear. It's just this feeling that I have, like a constant feeling that I'm forgetting. Do you know when you feel like you've done something wrong, but you know you haven't, and you've got this dread, yeah. and you can't shake it. You don't know what it is. It's just there. It's not fear. It's not about. Obviously, I wouldn't want to catch the virus. I wouldn't want any yeah. of my family to catch it. But it's not, I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm in the house, so I'm pretty safe. It's not that. Yes, of course, it's horrific watching everyone. It's not that. It's not particularly being too worried about the future because you know what? There is fuck all I can do about that. It's, right. it's like this fear of the unknown. It's like yeah, a feeling there's, there's, of there's, dread. There's a like a knot in your stomach the, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, okay, but we'll stay there for a second. Let me just bring Morris in as well. Morris, you're on Classic Kids. Morris, you need to knock at the door. <laughs> I'm not making any more tea. <laughs> I'll make the tea, Dave. Like... I'll make the tea. You'll, ne- you'll never guess what. I gave up tea for a second length. I'll get you coffee, Morris. <laughs> Do you want coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Ma- I, I, you Uncle Morris or just friendly Morris' neighbour down the road? Oh, the, the neighbour down the road, the, the curtain twitcher. Oh, right. Yeah. Come on in, Morris. So, Morris, I mean, firstly, getting back to the original question, we've gone completely off the topic of the guy that started to drink uh, a little bit more. Is that a problem? I was talking to your researcher earlier on when I texted in, right? And I asked, was there children involved? And there's a, there's a, a four-year-old child in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give it to you from somebody who has been down that road. I'm at the other end now where I have grandchildren. And next month I should have been, I should have been in England in two weeks' time for my granddaughter's third birthday. So the parents mm-hmm. have to go over instead of us. Okay, it's on lockdown. Okay, okay so yeah, and we have the video and everything else. But if you have a guy who's come along, he's done what we've all done, I think. He's either got married or he's with his partner. He's got the gaff. Has a car and he has the child, so he thinks he's made, right? And then he's hit with a sledgehammer into his life. And the weakest thing a man can do, or the quickest thing he can do, is go to drink and say, "It'll be all right. I'll just have a few drinks and it'll go away." Absolutely. My father, my father mm. was that generation. Okay. Mm. So when she sees him doing behaviour, that's not good. But the only thing I've been listening to the three years now. Okay. 
and there was little bits of laughs. You need to have laughter in your life every day. I pull over every day when I'm having my lunch, I put on something funny on my phone, and I laugh, and I have a good belly laugh. doesn't matter what it is, once it makes me laugh. So, so really, what fact, you're saying, what you're saying uh, Morris, what you're saying is that we should have this um, um, kitchen table chat every night. I think so. I think we need to get back to talking to each other. And I think I've been in that situation where that goes and that's, on. And so, sorry, Morris. Morris, this yeah. is the reason I set denial last week when he came back on the air for the first time. And yeah. he, I'm not sure he got it. But I did say, like, we, we all over the years had a bit of crack at our arguments and the whole lot and whatever. Yeah. But the responsibility when you have a major um, isolation and depression and situation like this mm. is not a violent himself and to be honest with you me as as a, a regular contributor absolutely you, regular yeah. Contributor, yeah yeah Neve, we, we Neve. Have, the, only, the voice the of reason yeah, <laughs> yeah you do you, you have a responsibility as you say like hopefully this conversation i don't know many people are around the country are listening to us now but if, if somebody if some woman in our 70s thousands our 70s, thousands thousands and, and if they are sitting if, if a lot of these old are old people sitting on their own and they don't see yes. a one end of the day to the other and they're listening to us having a bit of crack and and oh, well it's not a bit of crack we're having a serious it's conversation a bit of a crack, it yeah. gives them a smile it gives them a bit of a smile and they say That's there's it. life out there yeah but then it was that's a good responsibility to have on your shoulders and in terms of violence he's doing a good job Mm. I think talk radio has suddenly become really important. Yeah, yeah. oh, it has. Because people want to hear a voice. Yeah, hmm. and voices of reason sometimes. Maybe, I mean, I, I listen, I'm not going to say which show it was, because I do like the show. Uh, it was yeah. a radio show uh, earlier on. And there was a lot of doom and gloom. There was a guy on, an expert. There's always an expert. Welcome to the live. Welcome to the live. No, it wasn't him, no. Because that's a new one. Welcome to the live. Watch your hand. 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 Sure, 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 sure. Go on, go on. You're all right. Come on. His name begins with another eye. Go away. Go away. Watch your hands. Watch your hands. Do you know what? He's forever saying, he's forever giving out his condolences. Condolences, oh, condolences to you, condolences to you, and our condolences to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I listen to live line long enough, I hope I get the virus. <laughs> It'll be a blessed one. Oh, look, God forgive me, I'm saying that. God forgive you, Neve. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Who, who's Edith? that? Who's no, Dermot. Dermot came out with that. I'll tell you one thing that about Joe Duffy. He was the first kid out of Bally Fairmont to go to Trinity College. Oh, he was? And I no, look, I met Joe a few times. He's a lovely fella, by the way. He's a nice guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's much. He's, but he's almost become a parody of himself in fairness. Well, he has the hands washed off. He's promised to wash our hands 25 <laughs> your hands, times in an hour. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Give us the text it, number. You know, text this now, wash your hands. <laughs> you know what I can't do both, Joe. Maybe, maybe, I think, I think maybe we have do you know, no, you know, you know what I, you know what I do like about. I shouldn't be plugging the Joe Duffy show, but you know what I do like about the Joe Duffy show. He's on after you. It's all right. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. But every single car, I must, I must, they, I must do have a bet with somebody that how many times his name is mentioned in the show. Every call, I goes, and I'll tell you, Joe, I was there, Joe, right, Joe, and all there, right, there, Joe, I was all standing there, Joe, and it's just Joe, 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 and Joe, and Joe, and Joe, and Joe, and Joe has two, Joe has two words. Joe has two words that he says. Sure, sure, sure. sure. And why? Yeah. And why? And why did you let them do that? Why? why did you do it? It's a Mallier thing. There was a caller on one day and they were telling him about a tourist uh, had been robbed outside Bosaris, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the man is doing the show God knows how many years now. 
And like me, sometimes you're distracted by something else while a caller is talking, right? It's happened yeah. to me once or twice, right? Uh, Helena would be telling me something that's coming up in a few minutes or I have such a person on the line or whatever, right? And you wouldn't be actually listening to the person. It's very rare that I would ever do that. It's just that if something important has happened, right? But anyway, no, I shouldn't be telling you the trade secrets. But anyway, yeah. Joe was there and your mom was going on. And I tell you, Joe, there was, they were standing there, Joe, and all of a sudden this fella ran over, Joe, and he grabbed the bag out of her hand, Joe, and went running at one of the local scumbags. I'd say he was about 24, 25, Joe, and I called the guards, right? No, so I stood there for ages waiting, and the guards never arrived, Joe. And, I, and then Joe then suddenly woke up then, right, at one point. Yeah. Did you call the guards? I just told you I did, Joe. How old were they, do you think? I just said 25, Joe. And it was like, and I was, that was yeah, just, yeah. it was so it's funny to listen to. But he never, he never lets you slag anyone off. That's what really annoys me. Just when the conversation's getting good. Yeah. No, no, and no, somebody no, is no. about to get really into something and he goes, ah, no, we can't allow that. <laughs> no, 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 I know, I heard him the other day. Somebody was having a go. It was an old man the other day. He was in his 70s. And he was talking about going out. He wanted to go out. And somebody rang up and started calling himself. And Joe said, we won't have any of that name calling. (laughs) Bring it on. Bring it on. It's good radio, Joe. (laughs) You encouraged that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Morris. Sorry. I just wanted to let you know, two things happened today. One was a good thing, right? And the good thing was I was driving in a certain area of Dublin and I saw four swallows flying around an old steel oh, shed. Come on, to Jesus. Me, to me, that's the, that's the summer is coming and the season, right? And yeah. the other thing is the opposite end of this bloody virus. I have a niece who was tested 19 days ago. She's 11 and she hasn't got her results back yet. I know. I, I had a friend who was tested. I'm going to bring him on the air in a second to tell you all about it. Uh, he was tested uh, nearly two weeks ago and only got the results yesterday. Uh, but I mean, the, the point I was making about this other radio show I was listening to today, right? It wasn't Joe Duffy. And, um, it, but the, there was an expert on it and it was all doom and gloom. And he was telling about, you know, if you're a smoker, you you know, you have a 50-50 chance of making it and you won't see Christmas. And I go, oh, stop, would you? For God's sake. I, mean, just it, it, I feel smoke. bad enough about the whole thing you know now you want me to give up my smokes as well you know what I, mean? I had about 30 cigarettes watching Claire Byrne but stay there a second let me go to Russell as well hang on um, Russell you're on Classic Gets I'm way behind here tonight Russell hi hello Russell oh well, here is he uh, Russell, Russell has the yeah. Russell are you there yeah Russell. yeah Russell's gone He's gave, Russell gave up hope yeah can I, no, can I say to anybody, and I, I, I can put my tuppence worth in here, to any, any particularly elderly people who, and you, as you say, you do have a lot of elderly people that listen to your show and they depend on it at night time. Just I, basically keep the chin up and we will... We'll entertain night, you. You ring me any night and I'll get on and we'll have the crack. We don't necessarily have to talk about a particular subject. We can just get on and just talk about... Actually, you should. Your show shouldn't necessarily be talking. Oh, hold on! Stop! 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 Stop for a second here. Hold on. Can we all just stop? No, no. Listen. Tell you what. What's that happening? No, no. Listen to me. Do you know what's happening? Just while you were talking to me, right? Helena's at the walk. Helena, say hello. Helena walked in, keeping her social distance, obviously, right? Helena yeah. walked into the studio. Now, I have only seen this happen maybe once in the last nine years. Yeah. With a cup of tea. Oh, I put the goo on her. <laughs> Where's a cup of tea? She just walked into the studio with a cup of tea for me. She made tea yeah. for everybody, I've just been told. So, right. Russell, are you there? Now, Russell's just taking the piss now at this stage. 
Okay. Russell's, Russell's out having a bit of a nervous breakdown there. I don't know where Russell, I don't know where Russell, Russell's gone. He's just gone anyway. But, over, but, but, but I would suggest, I would genuinely suggest, Niall, over the, over the next couple of weeks, while you're having your tea, the Helena Major with your sugar and the yeah. whole lot, right? Four sugars. I, I suggest, I suggest... Jeez, that, it's that, hot. Yeah, that your show should, you should, it should be an entertaining show. No more... I'm not saying, that you, okay, you should have subjects that are serious because we live in a serious time with the whole lot, right? Yeah. But you should, people, as you say, there's tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people around the country listen to us now that need a bit of cheering up. And you don't want people, I don't want anybody coming out of the Violent Show listening to us talking about, oh, many people died, and this, yeah. and that, and, and, and the other. And just before I go into the break, I need to say something here. Okay, Neve, you still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to read out a text verbatim here, okay? Okay. Neve. You no. were on with Joe last week about the old woman, the woods, and your son. You no. fucking wearing them. Neve, were you on Joe Duffy last week? No, wash I don't talk hand. to Joe Duffy. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Were you, oh. <laughs> were you, were you on Joe Duffy last week, Neve? Mm-mm. You traitor. Don't talk to Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy wouldn't talk to me. No, no, no. Yes, Jarvis. I had the pleasure. I, I, I will put my hand up. You, you, you can put the word out there, whoever spoke to Joe Duffy. I was on Joe Duffy once about three or four years ago, and it was, I was and I had a one-on-one Barney with Ben Dunn. Because right. in, in in those days, I was a younger man, a fitter man. I used to go to one of his gyms, and he was closing this. And he, I don't know whether he's doing something with his gyms anyway. And I got on, and Joe put me on, and I got stuck into Ben Dunn. And I swear to God, for about 15 minutes, in fairness to Joe, there wasn't a fucking word out. It was me and Ben Dunn were going at it. And I, it was a beautiful summer day. I was sitting in the backyard, and Ben Dunn came on, and I laid into him uh, yeah. about something. He was cutting corners, saving money on on, on something or other. And we had a right old Barney, and Joe said nothing. He kept out. Yeah, he was. That's because he was probably having a snooze. The one thing, the one thing, the one thing, the one thing you would understand with, with Joe's show is, is if if the guests start to lose the rag and they start to really get on top of each other. Joe loses the plot. He can't. He can't control them like yourself. You just say, "Listen, shut the fuck up." <laughs> no, no, so many words. Joe, Joe is like he's like uh, uh, he's sitting in the middle of them, and he's. And, uh, would, you, would you let this talk? Well, 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 hold on a minute. Well, he does, yeah, he, he does. He does go into a bit of a panic when they all start talking together. Somebody says, "Ah, Jesus, drop Dermot's call, will you?" I leave Dermot alone for God's sake. Somebody else says, "No, we all know you're talking about Ivan." I, w- I was, yeah, I was talking yeah, about Ivan. Yeah, I like Ivan. Ivan's great, by the way. He's just wonderful. I just love Ivan Yates. Uh, I find him very, he's just very dull. Do you? No, he's he's, ah, he's great. I think he's he's a cheeky he's shite. Got, he's, he's major dry wit. Yeah. He just is absolutely... And, I, and I've worked with him a few yeah. times on The Tonight Show because, I, as you know, I'd be on the telly every now and again. It's <laughs> be claim to fame. But I'd be on The Tonight Show and I have to say, I actually like working with Ivan. I don't think Matt likes me. You know what I mean? Maybe Matt doesn't like himself as well. I, I don't know. I just don't think Matt likes me. But I get on very well with Ivan. I think Ivan likes me. Maybe we think alike, maybe. Okay, uh, got to take a break. Lads, thanks very much indeed. Dermot and Eve. It's been a pleasure. As Bye, always. Now. Bye. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.